Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grostek. It's me great pleasure to welcome regular co-host to uh, What's Making News, Russell Hanby. Uh, it's been a while, Russ, but it's great to be back on deck again. Yes, it's, uh, it is. Um, you had a bit of a trip away in, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, yes, we've um, had a, a bit of long service leave and had a much deferred trip to um, Japan. That was a great uh, experience, uh, going to Japan. I'd never been there before. And very interesting country, very interesting culturally. Um, and, and yes, a, a great trip. Have you ever been to Japan yourself? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't actually, but uh, everyone seems to love it when they go over there, don't they? You know, mm-hmm. the people are lovely. Um, there's a lot to see. The food's great. Um, a great, very lot of wonderful history, and uh, uh, yes, and a, a culturally different to 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 us. Uh, but at the bottom of the uh, at the end of the line, Russell. Um, we're all got the same DNA. We're all human beings, and there's so much. Uh, there's a lot of similarities too uh, between peoples. And I think once you visit another country, um, you 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 do see people differently to what you do on a travel brochure or on you know uh, a magazine or something you've read about them. It it gives you the the context of people as people it, when you meet them in real life rather than remotely or online or through um, the media. Yes, that's right. Did you go on a bullet train? Yes, went on a bullet train from Hiroshima back to Osaka. Um, have been on one of those before, I think actually a couple of times, at China. I think I was on one there for quite a while. Um, yes, they go along at speed. Um, doesn't seem like they're going that fast, but they certainly no. do. We could do with I one mean, of them a fast train here in um, Australia, couldn't we? Between Melbourne uh, and Sydney or Brisbane or uh, Perth. Yeah, well, you'd think so, probably, yes. But they talk about that a lot over the journey, don't they? Yes, they do. Of course, they're going to have an increased speed on the Geelong line, but they've cancelled that now to try to save money for the budget, you know, so um, we're sort of going backwards a little bit in that sense now. Yes, we've had we've heard talk about the fast rail train for probably 20 years. It sort of yeah, crops up every now and then, and then it disappears again. It does too, yes. Uh, oh, well, it's just waiting Do you reckon see. we'll see one in our lifetime? N- not to Sydney, I don't think. No, we might see the airport, the rail, with a bit of luck, but uh, even that uh, <laughs> fades away a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that one's even in the... That one, that one too, has uh, gone back to the drawing board, Russ. Yeah, so, uh, yeah it has. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a fascinating time with all that. Well, let's hope we do get there. Now, what's making news? There's a lot of interesting things happen, and I guess we should get on with that. Oh, by the way, yes. before we do... Um, We've got the Anzac Day football match uh, coming up. Uh, we're obviously right. doing this before the Anzac uh, game, so we'll wait and see what happens in that match. Um, what's your view? Yes. Well, yes, it's going to be quite an interesting one. Uh, the Bombers are doing quite well at the moment, don't they, with that win they had the other day? And so, yes, uh, yes. Uh, but, uh, so it'll be equally matched teams, I think, on Tuesday, so it'll be very interesting. Yeah, the Anzac Day games are always... It doesn't Form doesn't always matter in games like that. We, we find that the teams rise to the occasion. There, there are blowouts, but as a rule... Um, they're, they're pretty competitive games and I can recall back in 1996 I went to the one that started it it wasn't an Anzac Day special match then for every year but that was the drawn one oh, I remember right, yeah. yes we had the draw in 96 a fascinating game and uh, I think Sav Rocker kicked nine goals that day 
No, right. So, yes, in, yeah, so it'll be very interesting to see uh, how that goes, won't it? Yes, I'd, I'd love a Collingwood player to kick nine goals on, <laughs> on Tuesday. Uh, we'll wait and see. We'll see how that game goes, uh, and um, we'll have a chat about it later. But we'll get to the real news now. Um, Russell, the age. Uh, farewell to champion of the lost and lonely. Parishioners and power brokers have paid tribute to beloved Catholic priest, social justice campaigner, and media personality, Father Bob Maguire, who died recently, aged 88. Yes, a larger-than-life uh, person, a controversial person, a person who often crossed swords with the Catholic hierarchy and the establishment, uh, and yeah, yet was yeah. deeply loved by the people with whom he worked on the ground. That's right, and he sort of crossed all sorts of uh, people's beliefs and religions too, didn't he? Yes. Um, well known for his charity work and advocacy of the poor, of course, and he had a wicked sense of humour, which sometimes got him into trouble, as we said, always put others ahead of himself. Now, he dedicated his life to brightening the lives of those most in need. He, he started as a young parish priest back in 1973 mm. at, uh, at St. Peter's and Paul's Catholic Church uh, in South Melbourne, and uh, he uh, won an Order of Australia, or was granted an Order of Australia in 1989 for service to the homeless, youth, and was a homeless youth, and was named Victorian of the Year in 2011. And in 2003, he launched the uh, well-known Father Bob Maguire Foundation mm. to provide that provided food relief, and they're still going on with it today, of course, social inclusion and educational support services so that, as he says, no one is left behind. And as you said, his approach was destined to put him at odds with the Catholic Church because he helped all people, and uh, including and he even married gay couples, a ceremony, and divorced people. He had funerals for gangland figures and uh, ex-criminals. So uh, he certainly was a man for the people, but you can see how he would ruffle the, uh, the church a bit. Yes, and um, we had him on Viewpoints um, uh, not that many, not that long ago, I think, last year or the year before he was on our program. And yes, look, a, um, an effervescent, energetic, irreverent, one could almost say, person who, um, yes, he, he um, I, I guess he took everybody, uh, irrespective of their labels, as somebody to be... Uh, treated with care and respect uh, in 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 his work, and yes, that didn't always go down too well because at times um, some of the things he said and did would have uh, contravened uh, some of the uh, expectations and requirements of the Catholic Church. And you remember when he turned seventy-five? I reckon he was too old to become a to remain a priest, and yes. he really kicked, he really kicked up about that, didn't he? He <laughs> did. Gave them a real serve. <laughs> yes, and I, I don't think he lasted many more years, but um, he, he certainly stayed on. And, yeah, look, a larger-than-life person. And there's an awful lot of people out there, you know, battlers and strugglers, people of whom we never hear that would speak highly of uh, the support he gave them in their lives. And I guess from that angle, um, he was very much uh, uh, a, 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 an almost a non-denominational uh, Christian worker, wasn't he, in many That's respects? That's right. Yes, and you can imagine some of his uh, sermons would be very lively and interesting to, for anyone to listen to, wouldn't they, I imagine, yes. once they got going back yes, in the old days? Yes, he was quite, uh, he had, uh, he, he was quite an opinionated person, um, and uh, he also had uh, a very lively wit about him, as they said, a wicked sense of humour, so a, a great combination. He was uh, also a media personality for many years, Russell, wasn't he? 
Yes, I, apparently he was on was a Triple J for ten mm. years or something. Mm. Had a program there, and uh, he calls everyone Cobber. You know the old way of doing it. Yeah, Cobber, it is an old friend, and uh, yes, yeah, so we we certainly honour the work that uh, he has done championing uh, the the causes of the lost and the lonely. Um, there's a clever pill out. I didn't know you could have a clever pill. Russell, tell us all well, about it. Yeah, well, the, there is a clever pill, according to the Herald Sun, that gives painless solutions. Another great medical uh, breakthrough that we talk about quite often. A new oral capsule developed by, developed by RMIT researchers could replace insulin injections for diabetics. Now, this new wonder pill raises hope for pain-free delivery of other protein drugs as well. And the RMIT biophysical chemist, Professor Charlotte Conn, said that protein drugs are difficult to take orally because they degrade quickly in the stomach. But these new capsules have a coating designed to not break down in the acidity of the stomach before the higher pH levels of the small intestine trigger the capsules to dissolve. So it holds back the earlier dissolving. And it would be suitable for slow-acting insulin doses, giving time for the pill to dissolve in the gastrointestinal tract. And uh, technology could also create a new oral uh, antibiotic that could avoid resistance by dangerous superbugs. So that's another breakthrough. Uh, the way it works, uh, inside the capsule, uh, the insulin is packed inside a a fatty nanomaterial uh, uh, sort of capsule thing inside the capsule, and that provides camouflage for the insulin so it can cross the intestinal walls, and uh, they're planning clinical trials soon. So that could work well, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely, and it's another one of those uh, amazing uh, breakthroughs, advances in uh, medicine that that, uh, we're, we're... pioneering here in Australia and uh, yeah look I think if you can get away from the injection yes it would be a painless solution to that issue um, of course the dealing with um, diabetes uh, and, and solving the, the, the problem in terms of you know uh, people always requiring insulin uh, is the big challenge isn't it the breakthrough to sort of uh, cure people of diabetes Yes, it is. And so this is uh, much better than apparently any other oral method uh, that dissolves quick too, too soon, I read. And uh, so this could be a, the slow release one might be the way to go. Yeah. Um, well, what would you rather have, a pill or an injection, Russ? Oh, I think a pill I'd have uh, as, long as, it was, <laughs> uh, as long as it was as, as effective or more so. <laughs> uh, that, and, of course, that's, that's the amazing part of it, they say it is. We need to take a short break. Can you hold the line, Russell? Yes, certainly. Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossack, in the middle of What's Making News with co-host Russell Hanby. Um, Welcome back, Russell. Thanks, Henry. Do you ever do much in the breaks? Uh, no, just think. Look at what I'm doing next. We have a little bit of a we have a little bit of a we have a little bit of a chat about things, don't we? But then yes. we're, we're back into it then now. Back into it, and as as we are now, the uh, the age again. While we're on we're on a roll here with medicine, and we seem to get these pretty regularly. And you know what? I like the good news stories that um, medical breakthroughs anywhere in the world. Uh, uh, create Russell and because uh, there's so much gloom and doom around it's nice to have some some of the stories that are good and uh, 
this is an interesting one. It's sort of food for thought and it may give uh, people, researchers, uh, a direction in which to work on a pretty serious condition. Uh, the age-covered liver cancer may have a climate link. Australia's surging rate of liver cancer, that's of course not good news, up 300% since 1982, could partly be driven by climate change spurring the growth of dangerous fungi. That's... Uh, that's 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 quite fascinating uh, in itself. You might like to elaborate. Yes, well, yes, a well-known cause of liver cancer is the Aspergillus fungus, and uh, that produces uh, this toxin called aflatoxin. Now, that that's what does the damage. Now, warming temperatures cause this and other deadly fungi to spread, and leading to a much higher risk levels of liver cancer in Australia's warm, humid north compared with the cooler regions, according to a Queenslander University of Technology uh, study. Now, the peanut mould that, pr that produces this aflatoxin is going to be more abundant in those climes, and uh, the rates of other cancers are around the world and in Australia are, grow are growing slowly or even going backwards, but not this one. Uh, scientists uh, compared the incidence of lung and liver cancer. Uh, they're sort of similar in a way because mm -hmm. of the risk factors needed, like uh, being uh, obese or smoking uh, alcohol, etc. And they, and they found, the, they reckon the rate should be similar. But they did find that liver cancer risk was higher in northern Australia. Now, this aflatoxin in peanut and corn crops causes mutations in the liver cells, according to Professor George Yeo of a liver cancer research lab. And Dr. Barbara de Graff of the Menzies Institute found there's also genetic uh, variants in the hepatitis as well, uh, and it's often affected by the heat. So it seems to be a heat-related thing where these uh, mould uh, proliferates, doesn't it? Mm. Of course, my question, and I'm not sure on this, Russ, this might be something you could research for our next one. I know you love a bit of homework. We haven't given you much for a while. <laughs> uh, I, I looked at that, and again, I, I, I'm speaking from a, a point of largely ignorance here, Russell. Not something I like to admit, but it's it's true. When I was thinking about all of that, I'm thinking, well, is that because corn and peanuts in the last 40 years, the production of them in those areas has increased, um, and that's brought that about to some degree or or because if it isn't then those hot regions have always been there and the the rates shouldn't be going up unless something else changes does that make sense to you yeah in other words what what not what has gone what is going on here you know yeah, now, what, whether it's a, what's changed yeah. what's changed yeah. I presume that there has been an increase over recent uh, decades that have noticed that and this mightn't have taken place, you know, 20, 50 years ago, perhaps. We don't know, do we? Mm. Or is the climate changing and more areas are now included? But um, just the hot climates of itself, I wouldn't think, should no. lead to a massive increase. Something else is happening too, and that would be, uh, you know... Is a great well, landmass getting... Yeah, or, or whether, um, as you say, whether the crops are, have increased uh, markedly, producing more of yeah. the stuff, you know. I knew you'd mm. love to check that one out. Uh, You've well, already got it written down, have you? Uh, I've written down, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I knew it, I knew it. I, I, looked at that and I thought, I've got some homework here for us. You didn't spot that one coming, did you? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, now, Russell, um, the next one's not really... 
it's rather disturbing, isn't it? Particularly since um, uh, our radio station, KC Radio, with whom we partner in, in, in our program, is in the city of Casey and some of this is relevant to the area in which the radio station is and from where we podcast also. Yes, the, the Herald Sun had an article, Racism is Rife in Migrant Suburbs. Shocking data has revealed the reality of racism in Melbourne with more than 60% of residents in the southeast experiencing discrimination. And in particular, they've singled out residents of Casey and Greater Dandenong, mm. where two-thirds are born overseas. They say that racist attacks are happening more often. And there are several examples given, like girls in school uniform being attacked for wearing a hijab. Also, young female families attending mosques are attacked. And a Victoria University study found uh, the reports of microaggressions uh, accounted for 60%. Verbal insults and abuse, 54% of cases, and discrimination in 51%. Now, 58% apparently experienced this at work. Uh, shopping centres were 47%. In schools, 41% of the cases, and on public transport, 38%. Now, they did an 18-month study in 2021 and 22 and found that 80% of people do not report racism, and I think possibly because of the current difficult reporting process. So they're rather alarming figures, aren't they? Mm, alarming and disturbing, and uh, it's an area where we're sort of um, liking to think we're making progress, but um, sadly, we certainly aren't. No, and of course we hear in other areas that, about anti-Semitism, uh, neo-Nazism mm. and that, and uh, mm. I even heard... Uh, in Wangaratta, someone went around putting swastikas on cars uh, the other night. So, mm. it's, uh, but they, but this racism uh, uh, based on, I guess, background, ethnicity, etc., is not very good, is it? No, it's not good. And um, despite our best efforts, we seem to be struggling with it. It's uh, it's 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 an area that you know, particularly in such a multicultural country as Australia, you'd like to think we'd improved our game in that area, but clearly we haven't. Um, Tribalism um, is rampant, and it's also rampant in other areas too, uh, in terms of uh, uh, politics. I think uh, different vested interest groups. I'm not saying they bully and they taunt each other, but uh, there's certainly closed circles around a lot of those political tribes, isn't there? And uh, antipathy and things. Uh, not that's nice said about other people. I think I think too much polarity isn't there in in people's feelings towards and prejudices towards each other. Yes, it, uh, and sadly it doesn't seem to be improving uh, as we get on, does it? You know? No, and yet we work so hard in schools, Russell. As you would know, I'm sure in your time, um, you you work very hard. The vast majority of us to try to eliminate that, educate, and uh, it's uh, it looks like it's a forever challenge. Yes, so uh, how we solve it, at least in the short term, I'm not sure. I, I think, uh, of course, we can't give up, can we, Russ? We've got to, we've got to keep yeah. going because um, as hard as it is, we've got to make progress. The odd spot's an interesting one for you, Russ. Thought you'd like this one. Yeah, I saw this on the news, a little <laughs> footage of this. A curious toddler has earned the title of one of the tiniest White House intruders after squeezing through the metal fencing on the north side of the mansion. 
White House Secret Service officers walked across the North Lawn to retrieve the tot and reunite him with his parents on Pennsylvania Avenue. Officers questioned the parents before allowing them to continue on their way. Now, I think you just got through the bars, from what I could see, the vertical bars, and the, yes. you just went for a wander. <laughs> yes. Of course, the first thing they'd be doing is checking up to see if there was something clandestine going on, and the second thing would be, I guess, the implication of, and it's so hard, I mean, toddlers get out of your sight. I mean, it's easy to say they shouldn't get here, they shouldn't get there, but anyone who's had children know that oh, you turn yes. you turn your back on them for 30 seconds and, and they can be, they're so curious, they'll be no, anywhere. And I, so. think, and I think when they're toddlers, they wander off and I think everyone's been in the, many parents or most would have been in a case where might have been in the supermarket and oh, uh, yes. or in the shopping centre and you look around and you do that panic for a Yes, I don't yeah. think there'd be a parent around who hasn't no. had that moment somewhere, they're off. I, I don't think so either. So here's a, just a, because it's the White House in America and uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's sort of a bit of humour in the situation too, I think, yeah. Absolutely. Well, it all ended well anyway. Maybe one day that child might end up working in there. That would be a story in about 30 years' time, wouldn't it? Well, that's right. They could always yes. hark, back, hark back to this one. Yes, they've absolutely. Always, they've, obviously, they've obviously got the photos on file just waiting. <laughs> absolutely. Well, that takes us out, Russ. Look, thank you so much for your time as always, and I look forward to your feedback on that homework in due course. Yes, I'll have to see how I get on. Uh, yeah. I'm sure I'll you'll succeed. That was, Russell, that was Russell Hanby and What's Making News, listeners. Take care. Mm.